Welcome. You are listening to the Evolution Exchange Podcast Nordics, a podcast constructed to enrich our tech community by connecting some of the most successful technical leaders in the Nordics region. I am Christopher Asbridge, and I help connect businesses with talented freelancers, and I will be your host. Okay, awesome, guys. Thank you so much for joining. So welcome for the next installments of Illusion Exchange podcast. I am joined by Johanna Klaassen, um, Sophie Sodstrom, uh, Antonia Sodberg, and Tadias Palenke to discuss uh, recruitment during the pandemic and after. So recruitment is a huge part. And before we kick off into the actual podcast, I want to know a little bit more about my panel. So first of all, Johanna, can you tell me a bit more about yourself? Yes, of course. Um, Johanna Carlson. I'm working as a talent acquisition partner at Easy Park today. Um, and I have been working with recruitment for the past six years, um, both as a consultant and in-house, uh, um, and in-house then at both larger corporate organizations like General Electric and PwC, uh, but also at more startup scale-up co- type companies like North Mill Bank, which is a Swedish fintech company. Um, and I have been recruiting to like almost every possible business function, but the last few years, it's been a focus on engineering and tech. Um, and yeah, since one year back, my manager started to build an in-house TA function at Eastpark, and I was one of the first ones recruited to the team. And it's really been a great journey so far. We have grown from two people to six people in one year, um, supporting managers all over Europe. Um, yeah, and outside of work, I like usually do something that sparks my creativity, uh, usually like cooking, drawing, painting, or like listening to music. That's one of my biggest passions, I would say. Okay, amazing, amazing. So we'll go to the next person. Uh, let's go for Sophie. Cool. So um, just a second. All right. So. Uh, I'm Sophie and I have around six to seven years of experience within recruitment and and TA. Um, Started my career working for an agency, so recruitment agency, uh, recruiting recruiting people for for working and and hired by me externally. And then since then, I've been working for for startups, two different startups, or one scale-up and one startup basically, but uh, within tech. Um, and in my current position, I'm um, I'm owning the whole tech recruitment part uh, at Storytel uh, and all different TA related projects, such as could be like talent attraction projects, for example, process management and setting up uh, strategies. Um, outside of work, always a tough one, but uh, I would say like food and music is like my go to uh, areas. Okay, amazing, amazing. Then next we'll go to Antonia. Yes, hi, my my name is Antonia. Uh, I've been working with recruitment for the last three years, uh, approximately a little bit more now. And uh, currently I'm a talent acquisition consultant uh, from a recruiting firm called RecPro, or Recruiting Professionals. And I'm currently working with talent acquisition and a little bit of people operations at Capital. Uh, so I've been with RecPro for a little bit of over a year now and, and Capital since January. So, and for those who, of you who don't know anything about Capital, it's a Stockholm and New York based FinTech uh, creating an app with the 
mission of uh, making managing money fun and, and easy. And at the Capital, I'm responsible for the overall recruitment for both the Stockholm office and the US office, uh, as well as collaborating with managers to, to improve the employee experience at Capital. Uh, so, so yeah, uh, a little bit, I have my, my hands on a little bit of everything uh, regarding people at Capital. And uh, uh, with regards to, to my personal time, I have uh, no fun um, hobby. I'm, I just like yeah, most people, I like to um, go out, run sometimes, eat, uh, cook food. So not a, not a particular fun <laughs> uh, free time hobby. It's just that going out and enjoying food is a good hobby either, either way. So <laughs> I'll definitely agree that is a fun, fun thing to do. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, so moving on, last but not least, uh, to Diaz, please introduce yourself, my man. <laughs> Thank you. Um, nice to meet you. My name is Tadeus. I am the tap for uh, Leo Vegas currently. I've been in working in recruitment for some time. Uh, I don't know how many years it's been, uh, but yeah. Uh, most recently, what I and what I have been working with at Leo is uh, well, tech recruitment mainly, um, and I've been in Leo for four years now. Um, quite a journey. Uh, I think that I have joined as like an employee, like 150 or something like that. And uh, now in Sweden, we're like over 300, globally over 1,000. So it's been like, a, it's been a, a growth within the, the four years that, that I've been here. Um, in terms of like, of course, worked on a lot of different projects that we have done, like restructuring the whole recruitment process and, and kind of, you know, optimizing more on that. Uh, and in terms of kind of what I focus more as engineers, but I work with uh, data engineers as well, iOS um, engineers, uh, here and there, other other roles uh, such as work with for, for like some country managers, etc. So yeah. And in my spare time, I'm a I'm a big nerd, so I I, I still play games uh, at uh, 30 years old. So uh, but uh, hey, I, I have fun with that. So yeah, <laughs> that's about me. That's a good hobby to have, man. It's a good hobby to have. Right, so we all know each other and we all know the reason why we're here. We're here to talk about recruitment during the lovely pandemic that's handled us for the last two years and what's going to happen afterwards. So I came to all of you and you've all posed a question to me. So what we're going to do, we'll start off with this. And you came to me saying, how have you changed the recruitment process or steps in light of remote working? If yes, how, why, how do you mean? <laughs> well, I think in a lot of cases, right, uh, before um, before Corona, uh, I would say that uh, maybe not all, but most companies have uh, varied their processes, either slightly or, or more. And I was kind of interested because we have, of course, moved one was that we did not have any uh, on-site interviews. Um, up until very recently where we're kind of trying to see you know some some of them are kind of to, to see the people face to face uh but we have of course worked on a couple of other uh processes that we have changed in and i was kind of curious how it is for the others and just kind of you know if they have changed or, or maybe they have already had you know fully remote or process before uh so that is my question The floor's yours, guys. Jump in whenever you need to. 
Um, I think for for capital, we've been uh, we've had this structure of being international for such a long time. Um, so, uh, of course, we did have uh, interviews on site as well um, for the for the Stockholm organization, but a lot of Stockholm uh, candidates as well have met with uh, with uh, managers in the US. So so it's been a part of the capital structure for some while uh, for some time now. Uh, especially when it's a, a tech-heavy organization, I feel like it's also uh, a lot of candidates that like this structure and are happy with doing the, the interviews remote. Um, we've, uh, however, we've noticed that RecPro that uh, uh, in, in roles regarding recruiters like us, uh, so there they've still kept it optional uh, to come into the office and there's a lot more people who actually like that option as well to be able to come into the office and, and do the interview on site. Mm -hmm. mm, yeah, I think we have had a similar process um, like you mentioned, Antonia, like, of course, we have our headquarters here in Stockholm, but we have so many local offices around Europe. So it's, it's usually like a part of the process that you have some remote interviews or digital interviews. Uh, but of course, during the pandemic, we held all interviews um, digitally. Um, but so that would be like the biggest change we did, but it was still quite easy to, to adapt to. Um, but uh, yeah, we, we still, like for the headquarters, we still try to get at least the final candidates to, to get to come to the office and like, see how it is uh, just to to get a sense of, of where you will work <laughs> of course but but we also have had like during this year fully remote processes that have run really smoothly and we find candidates that have been really great uh, anyway so so i think going forward i think we will probably have a lot of remote uh, interviews processes as well i was actually on board during the pandemic and it was a total nightmare. All the all the my interviews were um, on video calls, and then the final one, the, it wasn't really much of an interview; it was more of a tour around the office. Mm. And yeah. the, the majority of the candidates where they can actually come see the office. And I think for the candidate, from my perspective, it was to see where I would work and oh, I can actually fit in with this this environment. Mm. I, I I believe I belong there. It is, I think it is quite a nice touch and uh, to be offered to be shown around, especially. It is chaos at the moment of time with COVID and especially at the start of it, people are like, oh, should I do this, should I do that? But it is quite nice to be offered. And yeah, okay, the offices are a lot quieter, but you get a personalised tour and it is that personalised mm -hmm. touch um, to have, which is really nice. Cool, I think I join in a little bit and I think for, for us, so I um, I changed jobs <clears throat> in the middle of the pandemic. So like looking at the two different companies, I'm well, I'm Storytel that I'm working for now and also Typhoon that I worked for uh, before that, we uh, were hiring people from from all over the world. So similar to, to you, uh, meaning that we had like a proper digital process before that. And I think now afterwards, the discussion um, at Storytel and, and before as well was that, okay, so how can we try to then um, create the same conditions for every candidate? Because now it's, it's such a big difference interviewing two candidates in face-to-face -face and two digital. So we would like to then maybe move everything to to actually digital and then change the way we assess instead and we did a big change 
for the tech recruitment uh, changing the whole process uh, during the pandemic and we'll stay still in it because it's a big job, um, but rather uh, changing it so it it's aligned with the market, the demands from the candidates and um, and also being able to recruit more internationally because that's also something we want to do to create a diverse uh, workforce. Um, so a lot of a lot of changes, but also some of them made made before. Now we just need to find the right tools to actually do it good. Um, so that's that's kind of what we're doing right now inside of inside of Storytel. Um, can I just uh, can I just ask us because that kind of piqued my interest when when you said that uh, you're kind of realigning the the recruitment process based on your uh, like based on the alignment on on the market and kind of what are the current demands? Uh, mm -hmm. Do you have any like uh, any specifics in that? If you can, of course, share share that with us. Um, yes, definitely. And this is also something that was created, like done after a lot of market research in my old company as well, where we um, we truly believe in like, or, and I as well, in like a five-step process, including references. Um, there's like a lot of studies saying that after four steps, you repeat yourself. And and to be honest, I think the candidates get a lot of similar questions during the steps because everyone wants to add, to ask that first question: Why? Why storytell? Or why type one where it worked uh, before? Um, so, what we looked into was to make it as short as possible, as smooth as possible, and really, really work with every single step. Um, mm -hmm. So that's been a big focus and also the engagement between the different steps, uh, making sure that we cover up for not meeting uh, candidates uh, face to face. Like how can we create the best possible um, experience and also measure what we need uh, now when we can't meet face to face. Uh, but a five-step process, and I can definitely get into that more if you want to. But not sure if we have time to like <laughs> dig into detail. But yeah. Okay. No, no, that that that's great. Thank you. Yeah. Then my question to you guys about the Tadisa's question is: We've changed a lot over the past two years on how we recruit people, how we onboard people. How have you found the actual change? Yeah. Tricky question, isn't it? Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, challenging, of course. And like to tap into what Sophie told, like, of course, being able to evaluate candidates the same way, even if like some are, are able to 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 meet in physically and some don't, and like some uh, somebody is located in a completely different time zone, and how that does that affect? Like, of course, during the pandemic. Easter Park as a company have also been in a major uh, transformation tra transformation journey also uh, going from being a like European company to to now acquiring a, a company even bigger in, in, in size than us so now we are a truly global company with like 2000 employees so so it's have been a journey and I think that is have also affected like the ways of working and how we can try to um, 
yeah, do a similar thing that Sophie told, uh, told earlier, like keeping the process as, as smooth as possible and not taking too long time, um, still being able to engage with the candidates. Uh, I think it, there's a lot of different challenges, of course, but, but also questions about like remote work and those things. But we, maybe we'll come into those questions further down uh, as well. Okay, okay, awesome, awesome. Right, let's move on. So next person I want to pick on is Antonia. You came to me and you asked, um, what do you think the pros and cons are with virtual interviews? And do you ever see interviews going back to the fiscal post-COVID? How do you mean? Um, yes, yeah, so this is actually something I, I think about, or the, especially the pros and cons. Uh, that's something I think about uh, a lot. And I'll explain to you why. Um, so, so, I mean, we've uh, all, of course, obviously uh, experienced some, some of the pros with having everything digitally and the process goes quicker. It's uh, easier to, to find time for meetings and often candidates are available to meet even later this, the same week uh, or even the same day sometimes. Uh, so time management becomes easier and uh, it's, uh, it's easy to jump on a call. Uh, you don't spill any time either on, on having small talk by the coffee machine on the way to the interview rooms. You don't have to book interview rooms. Yeah, you, you get uh, the, the point. There's a lot of things that has become smoother with having it digitally. Um, I think it's uh, the, the interesting parts are also the ones that the more challenging or, or the cons uh, with virtual interviews. Um, so, like we've been talking about a bit already, it becomes harder to share the culture and the team atmosphere when that, that a candidate usually encounters while entering an office, just pretty much exactly how you described it, uh, Christopher. Uh, but the, the main reason why I think this is an interesting subject um, is because it's, of course, it's become easier for us as recruiters, uh, but it's also become uh, a lot easier for candidates to be in recruitment processes. Uh, so, so a candidate can be in five or, or even more recruitment processes for a really long time uh, or really in a really late stage without even having to go anywhere. Um, so, so it's a lot easier for, for the candidates as well to, to go far in a lot of processes and really give them all a thought uh, while pre-COVID, they might have decided on one or two to really um, go after, but taking away the, the uh, travel time, it's, uh, there's really nothing stopping you from, from that. So I think that's an interesting, uh, like reversed side of, uh, of the virtual interviews and how, how should we tackle this con that candidates as well can uh, take up a lot of your time as well as a recruiter and then at an, end at an end stage decide to go somewhere else. Um, so, so that's something I think about a lot uh, and uh, uh, how, how this will be if we go back to the office or, or if we decide to stay virtually and, and how to, to tackle that. So, uh, so what are your thoughts on, on pros and, and cons and uh, how they go together? Um, I think from, from my side, if I, if I could, uh, uh, answer first uh, is I think I think it depends to be honest on what type of company you are and what type of roles you're searching for right I think that's uh, very pragmatically I, from me 
<laughs> um, mainly interviewing engineers. I don't think that they would be particularly happy with uh, going back to the face-to-face -face all the time. Now there is a, there's just kind of my observation, and and of course some of them would be you know interested in in doing that. But I think if we're looking like from majority. Uh, I don't think that, uh, and, and we saw it because we had our office open uh, the whole COVID with, of course, you know, all the restrictions and, and that, and we kind of saw how many people came to the office. And uh, on, on the other hand, when you are, you know, looking for, I don't know, uh, finance personnel, right? Just just an example. I think that they would be, you know, more more inclined and, and they would be more happy to kind of actually meet face-to-face -face and, you know, discuss with, uh, with the people. And as well, it depends on what type of company you are, right? If, if you, let's say, uh, are, you know, a full remote company that, you know, allow people to work for, for remotely, then, you know, maybe it is not even necessary to, to do that. On the other hand, if you are like, would be one of the companies that are going to be going back to the office full time or I don't know four days a week right then maybe it is like that is you know a little bit more emphasis on, on kind of okay we actually want to meet this person in uh, in person as well um, so and and I think my my biggest uh, kind of uh, thought in that in terms of tech recruitment is that I, I genuinely think that if the there would be face-to-face -face interviews there would be a lot of like lost candidates they just don't feel like well you know do I have to spend uh, like three hours of my day going somewhere to to meet someone where you know and I, I might I maybe have to take a day off or or you know I'm just gonna go there and I don't even know if I want, want the role uh, maybe if it is in like a final interview that may, maybe that could be more like interesting in but I think in, in general it's uh, it I think it it poses some pros of course uh, but I think that there's a lot of cons uh, especially like depending on the type of roles that's mm. what I think no. <laughs> so and how do you think it will affect so the the threshold of being active in several recruitment processes have been lowered uh, since you don't have to come up with a reason to uh, to get out of the office. So, so how do you think that that will affect the, the recruitment process? Um. Well, I think that the, the recruitment process right now are quite prompt, but I think that's that's in, in generally good, right? I, I I still remember when I when I started in 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 the company and one of our um, uh, like temp workers was was interviewing with like one of the Swedish companies and and the recruitment process took like three months uh, and 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 I was like okay this is crazy um, and and I don't think that that would that would ever happen uh, like right now right just due to the fact that it is and I think in general it is like a I think it is a good thing and that's why one of the things that I kind of feel is that if the if a lot of companies perhaps if most of the companies would go back to face to face then maybe it would kind of be the same but i feel that inherently for the candidates uh, if you would have only like uh, remote meetings uh, it would be more desirable for them uh, then uh, so they might you know kind of push you down to the back of the line unless they are you know extremely interested in the in the company itself so um yeah and also to to add to that, I think you probably agree, uh, Tadeus, that especially within engineering and within tech, you always uh, kind of expect everyone to apply for five jobs at the same time. And it's been like that for such a, such a long time now. And I think a little bit of competition is good. I think, at least for me and the way I work and together with my team, it kind of pushes us and forces us to be even more efficient. So I think it's actually needed that this is happening right now. And I think 
in terms of like the physical interviews, th like the biggest cons I think is the body language that we are missing by meeting the candidate face to face. But at the same time, I'm struggling on like a daily basis and I've been struggling with the same thing for su such a long time where we don't have enough time or uh, enough knowledge to train others to to, to become like really good interviewers so you can kind of look aside on the body languages as well mm -hmm. that you in like a physical uh interview uh as we as a recruiter this is something you're facing all the time but like a meet a team interview or like a hiring manager interview uh we are facing a lot of unconscious bias and i think this is something that is not um a, as big of a topic for us now when we're doing everything digitally um, because we see the person from here and up and I think I think that's that's super helpful um, and we are talking about now to maybe implement maybe logic tests and personality tests so we can actually see the candidates potential for example uh, to put that together with the process. So I think there's other tools to do that, but it's um, mm -hmm. it's like big pros and cons for sure. I yeah. think on, yeah, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> no, no, go for it. <laughs> no, just on, on like, a, and then uh, not, not sidetracked, uh, but in terms of like, I, I feel in terms of the logic test itself, those are like a time bomb, I kind of feel, because from a lot yeah. of the way is that if you do not kind of, get a very clear message to the managers they all see that okay he scored it low on, on this part of the logic test that means that he's automatically failing right and i know that that's kind of uh, that's not how the the tests are generally like for but a lot of managers kind of see it as like okay well he doesn't score high on all of these so the, he, he must not be a right candidate but that's just like yeah on, on <laughs> well they need to be trained in this as well otherwise we need to kind of um show them present the results ourselves and 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 analyze it ourselves but that's the yeah, that, that's another issue <laughs> for sure yeah yes yeah well i i think this is a super interesting question and like i can definitely see so many sides to it um because of course right now i'm not only recruiting like um engineers and within tech i'm, I'm recruiting quite broadly and i can really see for different profiles or different personalities that that some really feel more relaxed behind a computer screen than others and others really think like oh i just want to come in and show the full of myself in a, in a physical interview so i think it's really different and from the recruiter's perspective i think it's really to to even if it's digital or or face to face like really adapting to the candidates so that they feel as comfortable and relaxed as possible to show themselves even if it's like I'm comfortable to be uh, a digital or physical, um, but also like I agree with what you said, Sophie, like looking at biases, I think it's so easy to jump to conclusion when you meet uh, face to face, like the handshake, your candidates arriving a bit late, all of those things are like erased when being in a digital interview. So I think that's a, a definitely a big, a big pro, um, but, but also of course, like showing yeah it really depends on what kind of profile we're looking for as well like a big, big thing at easy park is really uh, collaboration and we want people who are really like uh, collaborative you can be that in many different ways of course but like meeting many people in the recruitment process is important for us and 
we of course already we are using personality tests and and logic tests to to get a different another perspective or another layer to this uh, and doing like in-depth interviews as well so i think yeah it's it's about getting different tools maybe to to try to find out all of these different things mm. does that answer your question antonio yeah, yeah, absolutely. And there's uh, there's no no uh, direct question uh, or answer to to this question either. So, <laughs> my my question really back to everyone on the panel is, you found another thing, Antonio. You mentioned it before when you originally brought it up that candidates can be in several processes. Are you now finding that candidates are dropping out at the end of the process more now than before the pandemic? Not really. I would say like one thing I have tried to do as much as possible is really being super, staying super close to the candidates and like updating them about our process, like really regularly, but also trying to create a sense of transparency that the candidates feel that they can tell me that they are in several processes. And I always ask them like between different steps, like how is it going in another, in another process? Where's, which kind of step are you in? And I'm just wanting to, to stay on top of things. So, and I have heard that that have been appreciated as well to that I ask um, and because they can of course choose to tell me or not, but um, I think that have provided or prevented that I, I'm not really like caught, caught by surprise if somebody jumps off because I have already like known uh, in some cases, but yeah, people are more, more or less open to share, of course. I think, um, uh, so um, tagging on to what you said, Joanna, that um, so I agree, I also ask uh, uh, that types of questions in, in the process, um, but uh, still I feel like more people, and it's been uh, both ways, people joining Capital at, uh, and then end stage and uh, other companies as well, uh, but I feel like it's, uh, I've heard more times lately that they have several offers um, than, than maybe what I was used to before. Uh, before it was most uh, mostly, so I've decided to stick with this process and see what that leads me. And and also at an early stage, say so I have this opportunity that I want to see how it works out. Um, and depending on how that goes, I, I'd love to continue the discussion. Uh, but now I feel it's so easy to keep those discussions going at at the same time. Uh, so so that's something uh, I think is is interesting that it's. Uh, it goes uh, both ways, but it's definitely uh, something I noticed that people stick stick further in the process uh, than what I was used to before. And I guess it's like um, when you as a candidate can apply for so many more jobs right now because you might look 50% of the ones you apply to are fully remote. So like your target uh, areas are so many uh, more areas than it was before so that I think definitely that's the reason what I've seen though is that people are more picky and more uh, more demanding and and want more to leave their country so I still think there's some kind of uncertainty of like what will happen with the pandemic is it post or not are we like in the middle is there like a you know, uh, seventh wave or something. So I think people are a little bit like restricted still. So that's something I feel like they go back to, we make an offer and they can go back to their um, current manager and they make an even 
better one which is easier for them so i think we are struggling with that a little bit more but i wouldn't be surprised if people are leaving processes because it's so easy to apply for like fully remote jobs right now so do you find that people or candidates are nervous to leave positions Not so much anymore, I think. It was more in, in the beginning of the pandemic. Now it feels, at least within the tech space, that, that people feel quite confident. I, I think something that I also thought about is, I wonder how many candidates that just happens to find themselves uh, signing on to a new job, since it is so easy to have the entire process online and, and they just go through every yeah. step. Oh, this sounds good. Yeah, let's do the next step. It goes step. too fast, let's maybe. Exactly, and then, mm. oh, okay, let's try this. Um. Yeah. And I think from uh, from our side, and I was just looking at some of the, the numbers with this question, is like we, we didn't had uh, like pretty much almost no difference in terms of drop off at the, at the later stage from like past two years. Uh, so, so there hasn't been many changes regarding that. And I think especially with, with you know, the, the engineering candidates, I think that it's, 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 it's very easy for them to not be stressed. I think perhaps like stressed uh, are, you know, if they would be relocating to a different country, because that's like a stressful, in, in, no matter what, uh, uh, what that is. Uh, but for, for people to switch, I think that, you know, uh, if we are looking as well at like the the current environment let's say is that it is very easy for them to to you know if that doesn't work out for whatever reason they can just find a role somewhere else uh, if they are you know of course a, like a competent candidate so they, it's it's very easy for them to kind of just uh, yeah I'll, I'll try this and if it doesn't work out I'll, you know in six months I'll, I'll, I'll look for somewhere else or I'll, I'll just leave and then you know it'll take me two months to find something else uh, so right Okay, cool, cool. So let's move on. So Sophie, um, you'll be the next person I'm going to pick on here. Um, you came to me and your question was, it's quite a long one, so guys, please just <laughs> bear with me. Um, Sorry. Have you changed your talent attraction strategy now with a higher demand on the market and where borders are blurred more than ever? Post-COVID, how do we tackle this topic and what will be, what will be important to survive? Now, can you just explain a little bit more for me, please yes so i mean as you know talent attraction is like a super super big area so it includes a lot of different things uh but for me this is a topic that i had my eyes on uh for a while but also especially right now um and now when we don't know exactly what will happen post post covid and what would change more than it has already uh what in the end will it look like so this is something um i'm looking on now like how can we all these demanding candidates all these uh, borders that getting more and more blurred people looking for fully remote work for example how do we change our way to attract uh this also includes a topic that uh it's like a hot topic right now which is recruitment marketing and to differ this um well from from uh, employer branding and how to work with these two and 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 the different ways of working with these two i hope this makes sense it's a, it's a big question uh, or a broad question but uh, i'm super interested to hear 
a little bit more of if you have changed your way of reaching out, if you have changed your way of creating events or or think when it comes to setting a strategy for attracting candidates. Um, well, I, I can start that. Uh, I think from, from our side, and uh, I can't go in exact details, but I mean, we had to uh, change the, the strategy uh, a little bit. Now, I think, of course, from, from our side regarding the, the talent attractions, um, we used to do like um, in, uh, in-house events, uh, which, of course, you know, during this whole pandemic were not the... Uh, not the thing, unfortunately, uh, and and that is one thing that we are kind of thinking of, you know, coming back and, and making it, you know, online to kind of see how how that would work out uh, as well. Um, but I think, you know, in terms of a lot of the um, attraction, um, at, at least at Leo, um, is that we do have, have of course, a lot of um, active search uh, regarding that. Is that because the, the market is so... Um, there's way too many jobs or way too, way too little people, let's put it that way. Um, and, and I think especially now with, with the whole uh, with the whole COVID situation, it is very easy for uh, for people to kind of pick and choose of where they want to go. So in terms of like the, uh, there aren't many um, candidates that are just looking that will just stumble around. And we of course have kind of worked more towards like the, um, uh, targets uh, to target certain uh, locations for for people and and with you know our uh, our ads and you know like the market strategies to kind of make sure that we kind of get uh, most uh, bang for our buck uh, let's say in 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 the online space itself um, mm -hmm. but of course I mean from from one of the things that that is kind of the the work is uh, when we are um, before uh, before COVID, I think that's uh, one of the things we have kind of uh, looking into is, you know, like remote working from different countries and kind of how that would work as well regarding that, because, of course, this is kind of becoming a bit more, a uh, bit more normal, I think, uh, than what it used to be uh, previously. Um, so that's just, uh, and there's more, of course, but uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and I think also, I mean, uh, after talking to a few people in in the industry or the TA industry, um, it, it said that we will um, probably uh, rate companies, brands, uh, perks in a in a totally different way in the future, like having price runner, but for companies, uh, and this is super interesting to see and another another topic is also that like a trend right now is like engineers leaving linkedin for example like what will be the next big platform how do we how do we find find them can we use linkedin insights to actually target those people uh in a year's time um so this is like challenges i'm i'm facing on a, on a daily basis to see okay how can we actually change the way we work because now we're so attached to linkedin for example and i think people are as they are more demanding um and have maybe more opportunities especially for for some of the roles they might you know tag along to a platform that is only made for for them and not for for recruitment for example uh and all these different things um so I have, uh, uh, like, I think from, from like maybe two and a half years ago, I think my usage of LinkedIn is like 
the less than 50% of, of what I work with at the moment. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's just because uh, it, it's sort of the thing where uh, everyone is. And I think, you know, when I talk with uh, a couple of my friends that are engineers, when they look in their inbox, it's kind of like, uh, yeah. So okay. so so in terms of from, from my side is that I, I generally always look into like new tools. And, and I know this is not in terms of like talent attraction strategy, right? It's just more in terms of like the, the active search and kind of how to kind of uh, approach the candidate somewhere else where you're a little bit more um not one of the thousand writing uh mm. perhaps uh but but i have kind of been wor working on on a different tools that are not linkedin uh, mm. because of that so yeah yeah, yeah but, oh go antonia <laughs> no i feel like that um um that in in the tech space the attraction has always been an, an issue or how to attract um people and linkedin it feels like linkedin has been over flooded for for quite some time now um but it's nice to see that there are coming a lot of different platforms where you can look instead and and different creative ways to do so and 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 things like that and i actually worked uh, a long time ago at a consultancy uh, but um uh, business intelligence consultancy uh, and there we did more of a recruitment where we uh, planned for for the need like half a year or six months in advance uh, so we did lunches with candidates that was totally um, uh, completely just in a in a casual purpose and, and then usually we heard from them six months afterwards or something like that um, so and that strategy was even before um, COVID hits. So, so I, I feel like this is something that has, has been for quite some time, but maybe on the other hand that because of COVID, it's been more okay to develop even more platforms uh, digitally and, and also the attraction to really move it digitally. So uh, like events, like you mentioned, Sophie, that we can do webinars and people can actually attend them without uh, going, going there. Uh, anyways, they can stay at their office and sit over lunch. Um, so, so I feel like it's also come with a lot of opportunity to develop the attraction strategies. And, and for capital who, whose uh, borders has been blurred, uh, always as we are in this uh, a bit unusual uh, situation where the product and tech team is, is Stockholm-based, but the app is only available in the US. Um, this has become a lot more accessible for people in, in Stockholm, uh, that it is actually possible to work on a product uh, several uh, countries uh, away uh, and that it works and that it's uh, a fun and challenging possibility. Uh, so I think for us, it's more to really get that uh, out there, that there is, um, that it is something uh, to, to work on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, similar to Antonia, we are really on on uh, the journey of positioning ourselves as a the, like tech and product company as as we are. Most people think about parking, but but in fact, it's an app, of course, that we're working on, even if it's parking or whatever. So so I think we have the past year put in a lot of efforts on employer branding, updating our career site, creating a lot of video material, 
interviews with the different people, talking about the culture, talking about the products, talking about the vision, to really be able to like push it out in all different kind of channels. Um, so now we're going into like the 2.0 phase of this, like creating even more targeted um, like campaigns um, for specific regions and and specific like roles. So this is something that we will put in a lot of efforts to and creating also moving material like videos, something that is easy to to yeah easy to comprehend and uh, and. But the thing is, of course, we need to reach out to the specific target groups as well. So this is definitely something that we are trying to figure out what's the best way. Um, but as you said, like. I think it's so interesting, as you said, Sophia, about the like in the future, it's become a rating process of companies. So I think here it's so important to think about, yeah, the candidate experience, but also the employee experience, because people exactly. are really sharing what they think, both meeting us in an interview, but also if you have worked for a company, so, like all the exit calls, everything needs to be in point to, yeah. to good relations. And, I think that is something that we are also putting in a lot of efforts too. We have like a, a proper uh, people experience team only working with like uh, career development, team development, leadership development to really make sure that people really enjoy their time at East Park. So mm. that's definitely something we work a lot of, uh, about as well mm. to keep them. When we have recruited them, we want to keep them, right? <laughs> Have you guys ever heard of a website called Glassdoor? Yes, yeah. that's one of them that I think will grow. Yeah. It will be a good year for them or a good couple of years mm -hmm. for them, for sure. 100%, 100%. I think mm -hmm. I know personally and even just generally, if you're looking for a new job or you, you want to understand the company more, then Glassdoor is one of the places to go. The only issue with Glassdoor is you find either something's really negative or okay, there's nothing really positive on Glassdoor, yeah. I would say. And the ones that are positive, are they believable or not, is then is then the next question. And I think it is quite difficult to see, is this organization going to be right for me online? But mm -hmm. it's the way the world's going at the moment in time. But And I guess there's another, like... <laughs> company idea because I if I remember correctly you can pay Glassdoor to post different things and kind of tweak your numbers so there's like so is that kind of the the, the, the second wave of having rating systems companies opening up to you can pay and they can then tweak the numbers so it's like it will be interesting to see uh, but I've been using Glassdoor myself in my in my um uh, to find my 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 current job and and the job before that. Okay, amazing, amazing. Does anyone else have to say anything to say on this topic? Well, I have a a, a question if I have the time to to ask it. Yeah, of course, of course. Uh, so so how do you tackle um, with regards to to the uh, candidates having high demands? Um, so so how do you tackle when candidates want to know the salary level before even have talked about uh, their experience or the role um, so how do you what do you do with that that's a really good question well we have like set ranges but ranges that are quite 
broad or wide. Uh, although what we do is that we work with benchmark as a tool. So in the end, it's impossible to say where they will end up. So that's why we have the recruitment process, right? To understand where they are seniority wise. So uh, that's something I usually explain. Like it could be between this and this, but that could be like 30,000 Swedish crowns uh, difference from having like the lowest salary in the range to the highest one. So. For me, it doesn't make sense to actually know that before. Uh, and it doesn't make if some candidates, I think, they think that if they know the range, they could just ask for the highest level, which is not the case which with this benchmarking uh, system. So, but um, I'm happy to share it, to be honest, uh, to, to, to set that transparency. And it's also a good, um, a good way to find out their priorities as well. I would jump in there as well. I obviously I do a different type of recruitment. Mainly I mainly deal with consultants, and I think the best way to be with a consultant is transparent. The client wants this, although that's their budget. If you can do that, great. If you can't, we can try and work something out. But this is what they can pay. And I think 100% what you said there, Sophie, is transparency is key. And I find a lot of people are respecting that, um, mm. a lot more these days. Um, yeah, 100% agree. Tidias, what are your thoughts on it? No, no, I mean, I I have always kind of been been uh, with that regarding the, the transparency. I mean, I, I kind of talk <laughs> and, and I that is one of the things that I always kind of say when I talk with the candidates uh, regarding this from, from my side is that I I don't I, I do not like sort of it's like, oh, this is kind of the thing, you know, and having some sort of obscurities in terms of the process, because from my side, it only complicates things, right? And I and I think that um, in in some cases that was maybe some I would say how some of the recruitment parts was done a couple of years ago. And I think that you know in terms of that is that um, I always say the less surprises go through the process, the better, uh, because then you know where you are at and you know where the where the company is at uh, as well or, or the candidate. Uh, so I think that that's kind of from from my side at least. Okay, awesome. Johanna? Yeah, I can only agree with all of you. I, I don't really have anything to add, but, but I think we have at least seen that in, in different countries, it's more, more usual than others to like really point out what the budget is for the role and what the salary like range is. And, but I would say that I do it in a similar way as Sophie told, like this can really, the salary can really differ between like high and low. And if the range is really wide, depending on yeah what we get to learn about the candidates so mm. uh, I think it's really hard to say, say and yeah also comes down to priorities like what will be the most important thing for this ca candidate to to switch jobs will it only be the salary oh, then maybe it isn't like the right candidate because we want somebody who really wants being interested in a product or or the culture or something else as well not only the salary uh, mm. but of course it's about having market level salaries also so yeah it's yeah, but I, I agree with you guys. Does that sort of answer your question there, Antonio? Yeah, yeah, uh, absolutely. Okay, amazing, amazing. Well, let's move on to the last but not least, Johanna's big question. I think it's even bigger than Sophie's question, so <laughs> please be with me, guys. I've got to read this out so everyone can understand what we're talking about. <laughs> so, right, you came to me and said, during the pandemic, all of us have been forced to move from face-to-face -face interviews to digital interviews. 
how have you tried to adapt the new normal and to try and make sure that you get a good understanding of the candidates fit for the role and the culture when the physical meeting is missing? And there's also a second part of this question. Thank you very much. Um, it is, and how do you create a strong candidate experience digitally? That's a fantastic question. Do you mind explaining it a little bit more for me, please? Yeah, a long question. Yeah, but I, I think we have have like touched on this subject already, maybe, but really about like how to be able to, yeah, if you have any if you have worked in any different way the last like one and a half year about how how trying to assess a candidate's fit for a role and fit for your culture even if it's it's lacking the the physical aspects uh, of the of the interview process and and also how you view your company and create an awesome candidate experience even if it's only digitally so i'm really interested to hear what you if you have any inputs Well, the way we've done it is that looking into the five step process again, and maybe this is the time to maybe share some details, but uh, the way I've been working with this uh, process since the pandemic um, started and, and even before that is that combining um, like assignment that you do at home and then you present, uh, present what you have, uh, what did you came up with, along with like a first screening interview, for example. Um, it could be like another coding test, but this is this is for tech. And then these these different parts together. So like something you do at home, then you present it. Something you do live in from front of a public. But this is also depending on the role itself. Like lately we have been, or the past three years, I've been recruiting mostly senior um, profiles, meaning that they should be able to uh, coach uh, others, like more junior um, profiles. So like to really measure the presentation skills, uh, the ability to like in a live coding session to be able to code while you are actually uh, coaching someone else uh, at the same time is like a, a step I really enjoy and I think it's a really good way to to assess that. So it's just like a mix of things that is both the candidate do themselves, they do it live and then some way they present it. So that's kind of different focuses and then we have blocks in between every step where it's focused on engagement. Something I'm looking into now for example is to how to best engage by keeping them uh, engaged to the actual brand by maybe connecting them to things that is happening inside of the company that is public um, that we can share and maybe you know find those bits and pieces to uh, to keep them updated on what's going on. Um, but yeah, I think that's kind of the, the basics. I think uh, uh, from from my side and regarding kind of the the, the works and, and, and in regards to the to the process to we, we do have our processes like uh, is not five, it's like three and a half uh, itself. Um, and, and the way how we kind of worked at the general or, or frame it is that um, we do have um, the technical interview uh, generally, which is of course, uh, or and that could be throughout all the roles, and and that is like, and we've had that for uh, 
uh, quite a while. And now we are, of course, changing the, the cases so that it's, you know, the, so that the, the candidates that uh, have perhaps applied with us a year ago or don't, don't, have, don't get the same thing. Um, but uh, in terms of uh, in terms of those kind of things, uh, we kind of have good traction from the uh, from the candidates because they generally get to talk with the, either you know the the head of the the certain product that, that they are working with plus you know someone else and they kind of get to you know get really more in depth regarding the uh, what they would be actually working with and in from that sense we do have um, sort of structured as well uh, the the technical interview in, in terms of kind of what things are that we are looking for. Um, and then the, we have like a final interview, which is generally with some of the team leads uh, regarding the uh, more in terms of the culture. Uh, and, and that is something that we are, we are constantly working with to make sure that it is um, um, value adding. I think that that's like the from, from our side, when, when I have joined the company, there have been uh, some steps that we kind of felt were not very value adding and were kind of like an extra steps that we kind of had from the start that, you know, uh, were not adding any value and kind of cut them out uh, since then, uh, since we kind of felt that, um, yeah, they, they weren't adding to anything to like any of the interests itself. Um, and we have been working, you know, before COVID, we have had a lot of people because we have people in different offices, so we still had a lot of the, the interviews online uh, either way. Um, anyway, um, now in terms of like the, the experience, and I think from, from my side, I generally try to kind of get as much in touch and keep in touch with all the candidates because, I, of course, <laughs> uh, it is, I think it, that's something that's super important and just to kind of give them an, an update, even if there is not an update. Uh, that's kind of the way it's like, well, sometimes because, of course, you know, sometimes uh, someone might get sick and, you know, we are not able to schedule things or can't get back to them yet. So, but from, from my side is that uh, it is very important to give an, an update to the, the people so that they are understanding and they know what is going on. Uh, I always try to kind of say, how would we within my, how would I be feeling in their kind of shoes? So, um, yeah. Yeah, um, I think, uh, I mean, in terms of changing the uh, the process or um, I think we have, we, we have structured it in, in the same way or in a similar way uh, and that it's almost uh, maybe a, a better screening process and that you can take away the biases of uh, that we've already talked about, but that um, uh, biases about the culture fit that can arise if you meet them face to face. Um, so, so it might even be easier to do a fair assessment of a candidate uh, in this digital space instead. Mm. Yeah, great input, guys. And I, I agree with all of you that like each step should really add another layer and not be like repetitive. It should be another perspective if it's a case or a technical interview, if it's a personality test or if it's like it shouldn't be like a copy paste, the same kind of interview questions. It should be really adding something else. So, yeah, I agree. But do you guys um, just on the same theme, but do you measure like the candidate experience in some way? So from from our side regarding the um, uh, the, the measure of, of the candidate experience, uh, we we used to send, and this is something that we are constantly trying to tweak to kind of get the most um, relevant data. Uh, because generally, what I what we have kind of worked with is like, well, 
we were uh, sending out like questionnaires or just kind of asking some of the candidates regarding kind of, you know, the, the steps itself. Uh, and I think that we are working towards, um, and this is like part of the process that we are currently working on, is to make sure how to um, quantify it, let's say, in terms of, okay, how well is the candidate experience? Because I think that uh, there are um, uh, some pros in terms of uh, like very much uh, data and there are some pros in terms of quantitative data right so so i think that you know if, if you uh, like i know that i was talking to some uh some of my colleagues within the the ta function like throughout the industry and and you know some of them are doing like like a questionnaire where it's like kind of one to five regarding the process and that could mm -hmm. be good but uh there are of course you know some negatives to that is that you don't really know how they felt and if they if they want to do it in order to just, just put you know three so all the way just to get it like out of the way um and on the other hand you know the qualitative like kind of uh, asking someone a question uh, is very time consuming and etc so um. mm. antonio what do you think um we do uh, i mean we do measure uh, not in a, a quantitative way um, we do uh, qualitatively or we do ask um, some candidates and, and especially um, when we have people who are past and, and worked at, at capital for a while we ask them how um, what what they thought and what uh, what could be better so really just trying to to improve and make that a better journey for for everyone We've been using both MPS, which is not purely maybe like the standard question, not measuring um, uh, candidate experience, but it's a good way to to kind of see if we kept the interest from the candidate, even though they got rejected. So that's but in the past, I've been working with like our own created um, questionnaire where we measure basically every step to to understand which step are we lacking in which group of people needs to be trained uh for example um and and the actual questions in the interview we need to look into um uh, so i've been doing both um and i think i think having both is actually nice as well but then also it's a lot of questions for the candidates so it's also about okay how many answers do we do we want do we want a few quality uh, qualitative ones or is that better or do we want uh, an amount of, of answers where where we get an MPS score for example so it depends on what you want if you're like happy with your candidate experience maybe it's in, more interesting to see like in in detail uh, what you can do even better um, yeah Okay, awesome. Just just a question for the group. Obviously, we, we spoke about culture. How are we finding the difference between digital and meetings culture-wise and even just general cultural fit into the team, not necessarily just the interview process? Um, we've actually had, uh, um, it's in within the tech space, it can actually become uh, maybe even easier to collaborate uh, on on distance because you can share each other's screens and and take take ownership of a screen instead of uh, being four people behind the the same screen. Um, so so there are so many tools today that you can use to um, 
to to collaborate from from a lot of different screens and uh, so so yeah so I, I think it can also be especially within the tech space a culture enforcing thing that to be on distance rather than inhibiting of the culture as well it all depends on on the people and what they want and and find that hybrid between um, meeting physically and and building a culture physically at the same time as as doing it on on distance and trying to enforce the collaborative work right I think okay. Go to this. Sorry. <laughs> no, sorry. I, I think that it, it this depends a lot on and like there is a lot of pressure on the managers, right? And and in in terms of like like the culture and uh, because it before I think it was much easier for for a lot of the managers to kind of have this sort of like culture from from the teams when when you have them in. And I think that uh, right now and perhaps this is something another like a whole different like conversation. But is that in terms of you know how to how as a manager you would actually are or how you can enforce the culture or not well mm. enforce might be a little bit strong word but uh, uh you know encourage the culture for the team that is working you know mainly remotely and make sure that you know everyone is on the same page regarding that so um, yeah yeah it feels like we are in this big gap right now where uh we might be forced to work in in a different way and maybe in the future depending on you know the, the new way of working for for your specific company but um we we know what we want to do but maybe we don't have the set tools for it yet and i think that's a big issue in general on the market to to how how do we manage you know a team to find that specific you know team culture for example or implement the culture uh, within an organization and so on and I think it's um, that's a super crucial thing to find but it's also we're in the middle of this still so yeah mm. yeah okay. Okay, amazing, amazing. Thanks for the little input there. I was, I was just more more curious um, than anything. Right, guys, we will leave it there. Thank you so much for joining on the Evolution Exchange podcast. I want to take this opportunity to thank each and every one of you. So thank you so much for joining on the call. Um, if you would like to get in part of one of our podcasts, feel free to reach out to me on LinkedIn um, or even via email. I'll pop it in the bottom of the podcast sheet and I'll see you guys next time.